Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes Shibbity-beeby-dow! wow! Ooh, <laughs> it is almost Halloween, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is scary. I mean, oh, for many reasons. Very scary. Ooh. So spooky. Ooh. Um, um, but I'll tell you what's anyway. not spooky. <laughs> what's, uh, what's not spooky is episode 128 of American Brews and Tunes. Heck yeah. That's definitely My name not is spooky. Steven Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. Now, you may be thinking, what is going to happen on this episode? Um, I am definitely thinking that. Well, here's an answer. We're going to review the album Sex is Terrifying by Band-Aid Brigade. Oh. You also may be wondering, that sounds oddly familiar for the, from this podcast. Yeah, it is oddly familiar. Well, you are certainly right because our very last episode was an interview with Band-Aid Brigade about this very album. Right. I remember that. Yes. It was pretty um, awesome. So, so because we're touching upon the same thing kind of two weeks in a row, we're going to do a less in-depth look at this album this week. We're just going to do a quick track by track. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't listened to the interview already, uh, I'd say go ahead and do that or listen to this and then go back and listen to that. Yeah. Um, I, either I way, would suggest that too. There'll be nice little companion episodes, should I yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, and once yeah. you've checked out both of them, check out the album. Yes, 100% check out the album as well. It's yeah, by the time an, you're listening awesome to this, one. it'll be out, right? Uh, yeah, yep, yeah. it will be out. Yeah. So it will have come out last Friday. Whoa. Yes. <laughs> Magic. Uh, but also, um, since this is a truncated podcast, we are not having any brews. Nope, no brews this time. Yeah, we'll just have to have extra brews on the next time. Yeah, like, yeah, we'll have to try two or something. Or something. Or something. <laughs> or two. Maybe, maybe we can, do any companies make smaller than 12-ounce beers? You know, funny that you say that. I was actually at Craft Brewed today. Uh, yeah. Um, my parents are watching our dogs for us, so I, I'm getting a mixed six-pack as a, partially a thank you, partially a birthday gift for my dad. Okay. Um, but I saw these mini cans, uh, but it was like a like a 13 or 14 percent beer. Oh, wow. Um, it kind of looked like, you know, those little like Sprites and Cokes, like yep. the mini like eight, eight ounce cans, maybe eight or 10 ounce. 7.5. That, okay. Well, you know better than, than me. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, it was like that. It was weird. Huh. That yeah. is kind of weird. There was a couple of them. Um, and sometimes sometimes they do that with, like, wine and stuff, too. Huh. Yeah, I know. I've seen it with wine and, like, the ready-to-drink, like, mixers and whatnot. Or not mixers, yep. but ready-to-drink cocktails. Yes. They also have a bunch of those. Yeah. But, anyway. It's all odd. Super odd. Yeah, so maybe we'll have to look for some little mini beers and uh, try to, I don't know. Perhaps we'll do something exciting. That's for sure, though. Yeah, we'll definitely do something exciting. Yeah, um, but in, into the album, um, just some basics. Uh, this is their second album to be released. Their first was an album called "I'm Separate," which was released at the very, very beginning of 2020 in the pre-pandemic days. Yes. Ah, uh, 
such a good times. Yeah. Oof, it's one of those days you come back. Uh, eventually, maybe. I don't know. We're getting there, but it's it's weird. <laughs> um, but this album, Sex is Terrifying, was written and recorded in the heart of the pandemic. Yes. Um, and in our interview, we definitely, uh, they confirmed that it's a tighter, more cohesive sound than the previous album. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely would agree, and I'd say that overall the production is higher and the album maybe is a little bit more well-rounded. Uh, yeah, I think so. Like, there's not, there was there weren't really any, like, uh, skippers on the last album for me either, and there definitely aren't no. on this album. Uh, but they've definitely stepped up the production, like how many things they're putting into the songs in terms of like orchestration and instrumentation. Yes, and layers and uh, all kind of instrumentation. You're right. Yeah, and just overall, there's like a a more, I guess, cohesive like theme throughout the entire album. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, uh, like message-wise and musically. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I I might touch upon it when we get into the tracks, but something I notice on this album is there are more carefully crafted intros and outros for songs. Hmm. Okay. Which is uh interesting. Um but if you listen to the album, you'll you'll pick up on that, I'm sure, dear listener. Dear listener. <laughs> um I do have some recommendations of my favorite songs. I know that sometimes you're not the, the biggest fan of those, but I'm just going to do it anyways. Do it. Um, do it up, man. And my, my first recommendation is the very first song, which is called Loveless Love. What a great, like, uh, what a great song to open up the album with. It is. Like, I, the first time I heard it, I was like, like, I honestly didn't know what to expect because it's kind of like when you put on an album that you have no idea what's, what's going to happen. Um, it's kind of like a, just like a really cool experience to have like go into it blind yes um and i was blown away by the sound because it was so like so much of a richer and fuller sound than the previous album and it's like you Mm -hmm. get when everything comes in it's like a wall of sound not the phil specter wall of sound of course but a wall of sound yes a wall of sound Um, yeah and just great to like demonstrate the layers and the sound of the album yeah yeah like the intro part it's like really piano driven right it's like yes. Just really, really catchy all around. Yep. Um, good musicianship. There's a nice little bass line that ends the bridge and goes into the last chorus. Yeah. Check it out. And if I guess like if this is the you're gonna be listener, your first time listening to the band Band Aid Brigade. I guess like if I were to look at the uh, album artwork, I really wouldn't expect this type of sound. Oh, for sure. Me, me neither. Yeah. Um, like I, I would not have expected like this like really poppy piano driven type music. No, definitely not. But this is it for yeah. sure, and you'll be thrust right into it. Yes. Um, track number two, which is called "Did You Dream?" Did you? Uh, I dream about the piano playing on this song. Oh my gosh, it's so amazing, Brian. Wells, That's like this uh, the descending riff that like it's just really glistening and yeah. I can't I wonder, really think of the right word to describe it, but it's it's, I wonder, it's the. Sorry, I, I wonder if he uh, was trying to mimic like you know the, the those like little, uh, gosh, what's, I can't remember what the instrument's called. It's an auxiliary percussion instrument where you like move your finger across all these little chimes, and it's like, or you know what I'm saying? Like a wind chime? Yeah, Sam has them on his drum set. Yeah, I don't know the word for it, but I know exactly I know, what yeah. you mean. Yeah, I wonder if he was trying to mimic that. 
Could be. Um, it maybe. doesn't sound like it's easy to play, though. It's it's maybe one of the more virtuosic moments on the album. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say, say I'd say it's like as far as piano parts go, that is the most virtuosic, virtuosic, yeah. virtuoso. Yeah, you're right. Virtuosic, and it it's he's playing that piano part against like this bass that's that's like doing all these like nice little pops, and it's just really kind of cool. Yeah, I agree. Um, that's pretty awesome. There's also a little guitar solo at the end. That's like it's like a harmony guitar solo that's reminiscent of like a Queen sound. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really nice sounding, and that's the one that in our interview they had mentioned that there was a Lady Gaga riff yes. buried in the harmonizing guitar, and you can totally hear it, but you have to listen hard for it. Okay, it's pretty funny because it's not the main melody guitar line; it's the harmonizing guitar line, um, and it's blended in pretty well. But it's it's funny. Nice, that's pretty cool. Yeah, good song though. It's really. Uh, Puts their musicianship on display. Yeah, I agree. On to track um, number track, three. Yeah, track number three, which is called Abacus. I like this song a lot. And uh, an abacus, in case you don't know what that is, is the uh, old-timey counting math thing. It's like a uh, two-side vertical posts with maybe three um, horizontal posts, and you have the beads that you move back and forth. Yeah. I've, I've never looked up like how you actually use an abacus um yeah i i I don't know how to use it i guess i don't think we i don't think we need to i would be interested to know how it does work though but i mean anyway maybe you move one beat over and you're like one One. (laughs) (laughs) i I don't know (laughs) i just i remember in uh the muppet christmas carol when he goes to that like boys boarding school yeah and that that eagle, what's what's that eagle? Sam Eagle or whatever his name is. Uh, He's the headmaster. It's, it's been a long time since I've seen that yeah. movie, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, I watch it yearly. I love that movie. Okay, um, but there there are ab- abacuses, abacai, abacai. <laughs> <Well>, they <laughs> are the abacuses, right? I don't know. I like abacai better. Abacai. <laughs> yeah, cobra kai. I've got too many things to count. I need my abacai. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what that means, dear listener. And yes. the artwork that they. <laughs> The artwork that they released for this, this single was an abacus, but it had these um, hearts instead of beads, and they were painted like the um, artwork that they use, like the, the nice. Band-Aid Brigade artwork. It's kind of yeah. cool. Um, this is a really chunky-sounding song, um, and what I mean by that is, like, in the verses, they do something that I think is pretty unique, where uh, the guitar, bass, and piano all play like the bass drum hits which is typically only reserved for like the bass player because the bass and the drums usually go with that rhythmic thing but yeah it's it's played by the bass guitar and piano so it's it like creates this super rhythmic chunky verse um and then they're they're singing over top of it so it's a really cool little um songwriting tool nice. for texture yeah nice yeah i didn't notice that check um, it out again I definitely need to check it out again that's for sure uh, that Michael Jackson guitar line is definitely in the bridge. Yeah, is that Thriller? Uh, I think they said it was bad. I don't. I, I don't. Remember. I honestly don't know though. Yeah, uh, but it's cool in there. Really, really, really cool. And I like how the the song has like a strange little outro. Again, like I was mentioning earlier, where there's it doesn't just end. There's something that happens. Yeah. Um, and then it resolves on these nice bass chords, and I'm just like, ooh, I love a bass chord. Bass chords are pretty amazing. Yes, they truly are. <laughs> um, on to track number four, which is called Broken Toy. Broken Toy. Um, super good metaphor. Because um, yeah. who can use a broken toy, you know? You know, 
This reminds me of another Christmas movie, Steve. Ah, <laughs> uh, I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the claymation. Whenever they go to the island for, of misfit toys, none oh, of the yeah. children want to play with the misfit toys. So sad. <laughs> so sad. Um, yeah, this is another uh, Brian song, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like this one a lot. Um, I mean, it, and also like thematically, it's definitely fits in with the broken toy. Like the the very last um, part of the song is like an extended outro. Yeah, and they repeat the line "Don't got room for me no more," and it just has these super nice harmonies. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a vocal lines that are pan left and right that trade off. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of the Brian songs that um, sounds like it could be in like a Lethal Weapon movie soundtrack or like oh, one of those yeah, '90s yeah, yeah. cop films. Yes, really a good song with that saxophone. Oh yeah, I forgot about the saxophone. Oh yeah, and oh, I think there's gosh, also so like cool. a there's a some bongos playing in the verses. Yeah. I think I remember that as well. Oh yeah, and maybe I, a vibraphone or one of some kind of like shimmery uh, electric, p- maybe piano. I, I I couldn't tell qu- quite what instrument it was, but it was really just nice layering. Good song. Yeah, great song. Uh, moving on to track number five, which is my second recommendation: okay. Kitchen Tile. Great song. Starts off with that that driving bass line. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, like I said in the interview, it has those like swelling vocal harmonies in the pre-chorus. That yes, ah, the, uh, and it just it sounds so nice. And I think that's my favorite part on the album. It's just really, um, as they would say, a goosebumps moment. Mm-hmm. Um, fantastic. Um, I like in the bridge when Zach Quinn uses the train metaphor. Like he talks about his, his trail being derailed, uh, <laughs> derailed, <laughs> derailed. Um, yes. Yeah, I've I've put, I've put train references in multiple songs before because you can like. I don't know. It's it's easy to say like he left me at the station or my train's running late or yeah, um, it was derailed. All, all kind of things that it's a, a, just a, or, a useful. Uh, I'm running out of coal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I use that <laughs> daily. Got no more steam left. Oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> the oh, railway's man. not complete. Yeah, <laughs> oh, um, but man. super good song. Um, the chorus. Like it has this like aggressive this sound. Yeah, yeah, like that. It's it's aggressive, but it's not an aggressive song, so it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like the way that he that Zach's voice like pushes a little put, more. Yeah, like kind of even adds like a different dimension to it. Because yes. like in the verses, he's like singing fairly quietly and like reserved, and then in the chorus, like the music doesn't get like the music and his voice don't reflect each other very well. Like you were saying. But no, his yeah, voice, yeah, like that. his voice, just like punches through at like the top of the mix, you know. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's really really cool. Um, on to track number six, which yes. is called "Perfect." This was the final single they released prior to the album being dropped. Yes. Um, and we'd already mentioned this before, but the they have the verses and a triple meter sung by Brian, and I'd say the verses are a little bit more like rhythmically driven because they have that. Um, there's a drum beat that kind of drives it, mm-hmm. uh, whereas the chorus is in a a, um, a double meter sung by Zach, and it's a little bit more melodic. It kind of has that driving piano that 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 that, that. Mm-hmm. Um, and his his melody I think has more of a uh, arc, like a, a wider arc. Mm, okay. Um, so it's it's I think we mentioned it before. It's almost like two songs put together, but they work really well. Yeah, yeah, it works really well together. Yeah. So it's um, kind of a goofy song too. 
Yeah, it is like the one uh, serious, but it's like what? What's the the correct phrase? Tongue in cheek. It's really cheeky. Yeah, like, I think it's it's completely an ironic song in the chorus. Yeah, yeah, it's not like a joke song, like like the butt train on, on <laughs> no. the last album. Uh, but it is it is like a uh, I, like you said an ironic song. Yeah, because he's like perfect. I can't believe, can't I'm, believe perfect. I'm perfect. Making mistakes is so beneath me. <laughs> in the yeah. future, so but it's, it's just it's funny. It's very funny. Yeah, yeah. It's like ha ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. If only, um, if only but, that uh, was the case. It, it, almost, it has a goofy feel to it, also. But then the bridge kicks in, and it just gets bonkers hmm. with that like pounding beat on the toms, and he's doing the ah ah, and then all these oh, crazy yeah, instruments yeah, yeah. are swirling around. It's a good one to to have either like played through um, a good set of set of stereo speakers or um, through headphones because you get nice. Uh, Nice stereo mixes between the left and right. It's really, really nice to hear. Definitely. And they have that callback to Travel Light from their previous album at the very yeah. end. Wow, really nice. Wow. Really yep. nice. Overall, good song. Fantastic song. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on to track number seven, which is called Stand Still. Um, this is kind of, I'd say, more like a 90s alt-radio song than a lot of the other ones on this album, even though it does, it fits in with everything musically and thematically and whatever, but uh, yeah. it kind of stands out sound-wise. And uh, it is a little bit more storytelling driven. Yeah. Um, if you want the story about how they came up with this and how they wrote it, go check out the interview because it's pretty funny. Yes. Um, a lot of good stuff in that interview. Yeah. It uh, it seems like the, in the song, though, they talk about someone being left at a terminal while they're... Uh, oh, a, yeah. A, a terminal, I'm assuming, we'll see. I'm assuming it's their significant <laughs> others boarding the plane and they're like having this internal struggle whether they should go after them or just stand still. Yeah. Uh, really nice, and there's that trumpet line that happens at the end of the choruses. That's that. And I just really yes. enjoy that one. That yep. gets stuck in my head. Good song. Very, very good song. Um, Moving on to track number eight. Track number eight, though, um, which is my last recommendation. This was the, the first the single that they released. You are right. Was it okay? Yeah, you're right. First single. Yeah, this um, is a great song. Fantastic yeah, it's a super, song. super good song. Um, and like we, we mentioned in the interview, it was a reworked song from like a punkier and grittier version that Zach's other band, Little Bags, had, had performed. Yes. Um, so they essentially upgraded the song or, or changed it. I don't want to say upgraded because the other song has its own merits. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other song definitely has its place. Um, yeah. But they but they didn't like, they didn't like rework a, a line, like a, a, a lyric or... They didn't like rework a uh, the structure the lyrics, of the song yeah, really. Correct. Lyrics and vocal melody all the same. They just yeah. they added different layers and they added this. They added the um, Band Aid Brigade flair to it, basically. Yes. And what the biggest difference I'd say is that uh, that bass that's playing the octaves do 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 against the the drums that uh, play the hi hat on the upbeat little discoy almost. Mm-hmm. And of course the piano, which. In the chorus, it almost sounds like a honky-tonk style playing, which is strange. But if you go back and just listen to the piano by itself on the chorus, it's like, oh, that does sound like, a, like I'm in a saloon in, in, the, uh, <laughs> in the, the Wild West. <laughs> in the 
wild west i yes, never i never thought about that honestly i'll have to go back and listen go back and, and listen with with that uh, mindset it's funny okay okay um, I think the song might have the catchiest chorus on the album. Um, oh, of course, mm. that's debatable, but uh, I think it's a contender for sure. And Definitely it's, debatable, but okay, okay. It is. I mean, it really is. Like the the entire. Well, I mean, the entire album is catchy, obviously, but but yeah. Hit yeah, the this book, one's infectious. Um, moving on to track number nine, which is called "Left on a Shelf," um, and I wish I had known this while we were interviewing. Um, Zach and Brian, but this also is a reworked song. Oh, really? Um, it's one of Brian's, though. It's from his oh, one-week record. Okay. Um, so check that out um, if you look up Brian's one-week record. And we didn't actually explain what one-week records was on the interview. Yeah, we also never uh, had them like introduce themselves. I don't think. We, yeah, but we introduced them before they came on. I guess right. Yeah, but I don't think they were like, "Hey, I'm Brian." The lower voice, and then I guess hey, that's, I'm that's Zach, true, the higher voice. That's true. <laughs> but anyway, that's a, a testament to our interviewing skills. Yes, we're so um, good. So good at it. <laughs> uh, but One Week Records is a record label founded by Joey Cape, who's the singer of Lagwagon. And what mm-hmm. he'll do is he'll he'll um, pick artists that he likes or is friends with or um, thinks would be a good fit, and they'll have ten songs already written. And he, he takes them in to live with him for one week and they record and produce the entire album in that one week period. And it's typically always in an acoustic album um, with guitars, maybe piano, maybe some light percussion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some, some light things. percussion for sure. Yeah. And so this was on Brian Wallstrom's one week record left on a shelf. Um, and that, that version on there is actually really good. Um, it's piano driven, but there is a f- almost a full string arrangement that comes in later in the oh, song. Really? It's really cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, so definitely worth checking out. But on here, um, it's full band, of course, yeah. Band Aid Brigade style. Um, and it it would if it didn't have this like bass that's popping and running all over the place, it would be kind of like a I think a slower and more reserved song. But the bass kind of adds this groove that uh, almost gives it like a liveliness that I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, this might be the saddest song on the record uh, if you like um, pay attention yeah, to know. the lyrics. Um, yeah. It seems like it's a couple that shares this pain, but essentially like nothing else. Like they have words they could uh, share, but they leave them on the shelf. Okay. Um, and I really love that outro when there, there's the big harmonies on our pain. Oh, yeah. The um, only thing really nice. that we have in common. Yep. I'm, the song is coming back to me now. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's a bummer. Yeah. And I, yeah, like, but I also just, I don't know. Like, I feel like it's a really, obviously it's a really catchy song, but. Um, it's well written. It is like, and I wonder, also, from a human human standpoint, pain is a a real feeling that's not bad. Yeah, definitely not you know? bad. It's okay to feel pain. Yeah, definitely. if you if if you look at the Buddhists, who um, their whole thing is, don't let your desires to make a situation better cloud like the situation you're in. So if you're like in a yeah. painful situation, you'd want to make it better by getting out of it. But maybe you should just live in it and experience life. You need the yin and the yang. Yes, exactly. Not that you should like be a depressed person like and not work through it. Um, yeah. But don't don't ignore it. You know, just live, experience it. Yeah, it's like that scene in South Park when when Butters gets like dumped by that girl who he thought was his girlfriend, and stands like, aren't don't you are you like super sad, Butters? Like, isn't this fun? Aren't you depressed? Like, aren't you mad? And then What's Butters, your name, Marlene. Uh, she's the the 
child who worked at the child hooters. Ah, raisins. <laughs> it was yeah, raisins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and then when, all the little, when all the little boys went to raisins, they go, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so stupid, so so dumb. Uh, uh, but butter then butter says, "Well, no, because I've I've been able to feel like this this pain. I had to have something really good before, and so like you need you need to have yeah, like you need to have both basically. We've talked about it in the podcast there you can't have happy if there's no sad. Um, yeah. It's also that's true in music. You can't have um, that." Like the goosebumps and pleasant moments without dissonance, they can't have major without minor. It's just yeah. Like the, I mean, yeah. Like the reason the reason that a resolution is so satisfying is because that there's that tension, yeah. the tension that comes before resolution, before that big breath that you take. You and know, whenever you're it doing goes it, a deceptive cadence. Ooh. Unless you're doing a deceptive cadence, and then it's a spooky cadence. Yeah, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on uh, to track number 10, which is not a title track, but a name track. It's Band-Aid yeah. Brigade. Yep. This song's not, pretty cool. It is cool. Not many bands do that where they have a song that's like their, their own name. Yeah. But it, it definitely makes sense with this song, though. Yeah. It's a slower groove on this song. Um, and like one of the things that I, I always pick up when I listen to it is like in the verses, there's these two guitar parts that, that are kind of like... Uh, doing these like playing in the space but they have these really dissonant harmonizations that are like slightly unsettling uh, but they okay. sound really cool nice yeah really cool it's my one, one of the parts i really like about this but then they they get to the chorus and it uh it, it gets major um mm-hmm. i think the song's about being on on tour and like being in a touring band and like feeling you're most alive on the road yeah, I think so too. I mean, he, he mentions that wherever, basically wherever they're at, I'm ne- he says, Zach says, I'm never not at home. In rental cars and what is it? Dive, hotel bars. Dive bars. Dive bars, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm never not at home. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah, song. Which is though. like a really cool sentiment. You know, yeah, and, and it's pretty, but it's a very special thing to have, I would, yeah. I would think. And it's sequenced really well on the album for like the yeah. slower sound on this. Um, but they do pick it up on the next song, which is the penultimate track, track number 11, The Long Goodbye. The Long Goodbye. Um, definitely like an alt-piano rock, um, kind of like like you'd hear in the 90s type song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say like the melody is a little bit more restricted in the first half of the song. Hmm. Um, but at the end of the soaring, like at the, at, or at the end of the second chorus, they have these soaring harmonies. Yeah. Like big, 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 huge harmonies. Um, and that opens up the song, uh, and then they go in double time, and that trumpet comes in, uh, which apparently was played by Zach's dad, <laughs> which is cool. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize like how many uh, how many family members were featured on on this album. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And his sister sang harmony. Yep. Yep. Really cool. Um, and then of course the outro has the uh, the calliope with the church bells and the right. Yeah. Odd stuff. Um, I mean, they had mentioned that it, it's like their intention was like when you're walking down that one European street that has the, the river and the churches and, and all the stuff going on. Yeah. Um, but for me, I just get creeped out because I think of Calliope music as like happy, fun carnival entertainment. And then like the church bells are like super ominous. I what I think of whenever I hear that is a Tim Burton movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's, <laughs> that's really good. That's, that's what I think of anyway. Or Pennywise the Clown. 
Uh, but it gives me this like uneasy feeling, which continues into the next song, track number yeah. twelve, the last song, "Like a Stone," which starts off with like, it starts off so stripped back with that piano, and there's there's some sounds going on in the background that I can't quite place, and maybe yeah. some something droning a little like really softly that I can't quite pick up on. Yeah. Before you before you move on, the uh, I think the most like the coolest part about this song, yeah, is how they play with dynamics. And like the, I guess like the structure of dynamics. I guess. Do, do tell. Elaborate on that. Well, because there's a there's one part uh, where there's the only scream on the album, pretty much the only scream. Oh yeah. But there's one point when Zach like really like belts out a, a huge scream. And I'd say it's so, the most pa- the most Zach Quinn pairs vocals that you could get to on this album. Yeah, definitely. So like. For him to not scream like the entire rest of the album, and then at the end of not, it's like I think it's like three fourths of the way through, or yeah. two thirds of the way through on this on this track. Yeah. For him to do it then, it's just like wow! Like no wonder this is the closing song on the album. Mm-hmm. But so. af- I, I agree with you one hundred percent. But my favorite part right after well, I love that part too. But um, right after that. Uh, it goes into almost like a minute and 15 seconds of like this soft instrumentation, like just an instrumental section. Yeah. And it's really nice. Um, and then it gets super meta at the very end. I don't know if you remember what he says. Yeah, he says, this part's too long. Yeah, and that's what I would never <laughs> say for instrumentals. But then but he continues. Right. He says, it's a good jam. It's a good jam. Goodbye. Goodbye. Good night. Good night. I love and the, that. And the album just ends. It's so yes, good, yeah. It's it's like the first time I heard like this part's too long, I was like, is he talking about like saying goodbye or is it this instrumental part? Like, is he talking about the actual instrumental part itself? And then the next lines came in and I said, oh, this, oh, he's talking about the song. This is meta. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that fits into what he was talking about on the interview where he likes to hear how a song's going to sound before maybe finishing the lyrics. Or yeah, that was like, yeah, whenever he said that, that was like one of the most interesting things. To me, that's yeah. Because I, like I, I, I'm opposite. Like I am trying to exactly. write the lyrics first. Yeah, it would be interesting to try like something interesting, else. Though. Yeah, yeah, it would be a, a cool little yeah, like experiment in songwriting to try that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that yeah. that closes the album, and there's no butt train part two. No, uh, but that's, that's okay. Too bad. That's maybe okay. maybe on the next uh, release they'll they'll get to butt train part two. Yeah, I certainly hope so. Maybe they could just make like a uh, like a twelve inch single, <laughs> but train part two. Uh, that'd, that'd be, be great. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, all around, overall, though, overall, great just, album. Uh, yeah, fantastic album. Like the pr- production's great, songs are great. Um, I mentioned it before on the the interview, but you can re-listen to it and you'll pick out something new every time you hear it. Uh, really, really cool sounds. Yeah, insanely cool. Um, yep. And just again, like just really well written in terms of like song structure, melody. Um, like even if you don't listen to like the lyrics, like just musically, the whole album is sound. Um, and I feel like most people would find this music catchy, unless you're some sort of crazy person. Um, no, I think you're a hundred percent right. I don't know anyone who wouldn't think it's catchy. Yeah, and because it is in the vein of like that, like late eighties, early nineties, like p- piano rock. 
Yes. Like, like Huey Lewis, like stuff that was popular that a lot of people liked, but this has such a different spin than, than that. Yeah. At the same it, time. It, it brings in like so many things that I like from other genres, like the guitar tone from like pairs or like the flatliners or, yep. or like this new Americana punk or whatever, I guess like the men singers and all of them. So like it brings in like really cool things like that, but then also like super, punchy poppy piano driven melodies that are is also really cool and then yeah just like a whole bunch of cool auxiliary percussion parts that fit really well and i just think they they knocked it out of the park with this album they did Agreed. a great great job it was a grand slam yeah and even though it literally just came out i'm ready for more <laughs> yeah come on hurry up guys no kidding thank Thanks to be growing up in this uh, this time with everything just oh content being right? spewed out left and right, and making us all impatient. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I know that's like uh, TikTok and reels yeah. and everything else. Like our attention spans have been destroyed. And it's destroying not for the better. people's yeah. attention spans. Yeah, I've been I've been meditating recently. I'm trying to do that for like ten minutes at a time. Nice. Most times during the day, and it, sometimes it gets pretty difficult to just like oh, sit there it. and and so like. That, that really has shown me that my att- attention span has definitely um, gone to crap. Yeah, that's probably a good thing that more people should do. I should do that from time to time, I think. There is a cool show on Netflix right now called Headspace, Guided Guided Meditation. Hmm, I'll check it out. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. But all right. Well, yeah. yeah. Also, like like we said before, check out um, the interview episode, which is 127. That's the episode yeah. number for us. Yeah, go um, check that out. It was really cool to talk with them. Yeah, it was awesome. Cool guys. Uh, they give you some really good insight onto the band, their sound, and and uh, some of the fun stuff about this album. Um, yeah. Definitely check out the album itself. Uh, it's worth your time. Um, not sure what we're going to be doing for our next episode, but I guarantee you that it'll have two beers or something like that. <laughs> And I guarantee you that it'll be great. It'll be great. <laughs> All right, Tony. All right. Yes. Tony the Tiger. Tony the Tiger. Anyways, uh, my name is Stephen Johnston. And my name is Jesse Titus. And this is American Brews and Tunes. Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song. Just as it should song. American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity be ba